If you step on your laptop, it does weird things, you know. <laughs> so, that may have just been my way of getting evil with it sometimes, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Good morning. Good to see everybody that's here and those that are visiting. We are thrilled you're here. Hope you come back to see us again. If there's any way we can help you in your relationship with the Lord or any questions you would like to ask, feel free. That's what we're here for. Title of our lesson this morning, Mother's Day. Now, in smaller print there, it says women, wives, and moms. But I wanted to emphasize Mother's Day, right? <laughs> and so, as we kind of get into this, we're going to talk about Proverbs, the 31st chapter. We're going to talk about, because it does, in Proverbs 31, talk about the role of women. It talks about wives. It talks about moms. And then the three points we want to give consideration to is, first of all, thanks, Mom. And then portrait of a woman that is given there in Proverbs 31. And then keeping it real. <laughs> and I think you'll uh, come to understand why I added that there at the end. Now I want to just say as we uh, get into this this morning. I'm going to put that first point up there. Thanks mom. In regards to preaching on special occasions. There's no scriptural requirement that we speak on Christmas at that time of year or that we speak on Easter at that time of year or that we speak on Mother's Day. And there have been some that have said, well, the big three are Christmas, Easter, and Mother's Day. <laughs> so at Christmas, people kind of expect to hear this story about the birth of Jesus. And then at Easter, you expect to hear this story about the crucifixion and the resurrection. That's hope, right? But then on Mother's Day, it's in your best interest if you say something about mothers. <laughs> but also say this, and everybody recognize this. Out of those three, this is the toughest. You want to know why it's the toughest? Because in reality, all kinds of things occur in life in regards to mothers. I don't want to be insensitive, but we talk about mothers, and we desire to honor mothers, and that's one of the things we're going to do, but at the same time, we recognize that in life, sometimes this day is tough for women. Sometimes there can be loss. There can be loss of a mother. Sometimes there can be loss of a child. That makes it tough. Sometimes there can be relationship that not as it should be. That makes it tough. So at the same time, we want to honor, but we want to recognize that this can be difficult. But we want to give honor to moms. And so as we think about this, we think about, first of all, why did God have a man preach on women? <laughs> this week, as I was uh, sitting in my office, I thought, you know what? <laughs> This is not so easy. I had a chance here recently to go see Fiddler on the Roof. You know that one? And the lead character in Fiddler on the Roof is oftentimes walking around and he's asking God or say, making comments to God and he's asking questions. Why, Lord? And so this week as I thought about this, is like, why, Lord? <laughs> you have a man <laughs> talk about women, wives, mothers. <laughs> And so I think by the time we get to the end of this, maybe you'll see more, a little more, have a little more insight into why it's that way. 
But first of all, we just want to say thanks to moms. I want to notice from verse 28, Proverbs 31 and verse 28. It says, Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Now I want to reflect just a moment from society. Now, some of you may remember this fellow. A lot of you probably don't. But there was a country western singer, and this was back in the 70s. Some of you weren't even around in the 70s. But it was back in the 70s. There was the guy by the name of Jimmy Dean. You may have also eaten his sausage. (laughs) But before he started making sausage, he was a country and western singer. And he had a song in the late 70s that was very popular. And it was kind of unique in a way because he really didn't sing. (laughs) He just talked his way through it. But it became enormously popular. And the title of the song was, I Owe You. And in that song, he lists, gives this list of I owe you's to his mother. So I kind of did a takeoff on that. And so I'm going to just give you a list of I owe you's for just a moment. First of all, I owe you, mom, for your time. Being a mother is 24-7. I owe you for your support. You were always encouraging when I was down and needed to be picked up. I owe you for your humor. You laughed with me. Sometimes you laughed at me. I owe you for your counsel. You gave advice when I asked and sometimes when I didn't. I owe you for your hospitality. You let me live there. (laughs) But you also allowed me to bring my friends there. I owe you for your flexibility. A lot of times your schedule was bent to fit mine. I owe you for your sacrifices and the countless times you gave of yourself. I owe you for your faith, faith in God, but also your faith in me. I owe you for hope. You expressed confidence even when I didn't have confidence. I owe you for your love. It was devoted. And it was deep. Mothers in Scripture are depicted as honorable. And they are to be respected. God created a woman in His image. He gave them the roles that they have. And He expects them to be honored. Exodus, the 12th chapter in the Ten Commandments. Honor your father and your mother. But in Leviticus 19, which is interesting, that's reversed. And it says, revere your mothers and your fathers. In Proverbs 6, he tells his worthy son, Do not forsake and keep your father's command, but do not forget the law of your mother. That's the role that God has given to women. And he expects it to be honored and to be respected. And that's to recognize, to realize the value of that role that they have in life. So we remember moms because God is the one who created a woman and gave that role. And he would have have us to emphasize the fact that women should never forget the importance of their role. So let me just say, first of all, generally, thank you. And now, 
we'll get to the heart of it. Proverbs 31. And the portrait, this is God's word, the portrait of a woman. I'm going to read just verse 28 through 31, first of all. Proverbs 31, verse 28. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Verse 28, her children rise up and call her blessed and her husband praises her also. God's saying, this woman, she's to be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands. Let her own works praise her in the gates. What we notice about this in Proverbs 31 is, in about verses 10 through 31, it's 22 verses. It's a Hebrew poem. And God is giving the description of an excellent woman, an excellent wife, an excellent mother. She's spiritual. She has practical wisdom. She has moral virtues. She is industrious. And these are the marks of her character. Elements. That God notes. And as you take a look at these. There's going to be seven keys. I'll go through them quickly. But there's seven keys that are listed there. But what I want you to notice. About that. Is this. He's going to talk about that virtuous woman. Some translations render that. A woman of valor. What I want to bring to your attention is Jesus does something very similar to this in the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew, the fifth chapter, he gives the Beatitudes, characteristics, qualities of character that those who follow him should try to develop in their lives. And after he lists the Beatitudes, it's down in verse 13 and 14. That he says, you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. You see what he's saying? (laughs) To those who would become his followers, develop this kind of character. And this is the kind of influence you'll have in the world. What he is saying in Proverbs 31, this is the kind of character this woman should have. And she will have influence. Some commentators suggest her influence will be powerful in the world. And so that's what he suggested. Look at these characteristics. Look at this quality of character. And this kind of woman is to be praised. And this woman will have influence in the world. And so women, as you stop and you think about this, do you want to influence your family? Do you want to influence your kids? Do you want to have an influence in the community? He says, look at this. This will do it for you. (laughs) Develop this. 
in your character. And so where does he begin? Verse 10, her worth is far above rubies. That was one of the most valuable, the most precious commodities in that day and time. And he says, this woman, her worth is worth more than rubies. This is valuable. This is rare. This is even more valuable. A virtuous woman. A godly wife. A godly mother. She is priceless. It's rare. She's a treasure. And he says, who can find this virtuous woman? Secondly, verse 11. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, so she will have no lack of gain. Some translations say her husband has confidence in her. This is a woman. This is a wife. This is a mother who he has complete and full confidence in. One writer said, this is Genesis 2 come to life. Remember Genesis 2? (laughs) And the two shall become one. That's way more than just physical union. These two are one. And that's what he's saying. Her husband has full confidence, trust in her as a woman, as a wife, as a mother. Verse 12. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. Now, there's a lot of reference in this section in regards to women, wives, mothers, and in relationship to a man. We're going to clear this up in a minute, okay? (laughs) Because it's going to talk about him sitting in the gates. And sometimes women look at that and they go, wait a minute. (laughs) I'm slaving myself, (laughs) working my fingers to the bone, (laughs) and this guy's sitting in the gates. That's not exactly what it's saying. There's more to it than that. So in verse 12, when it says she does him good and not evil all the days of his life. What that's making reference to is the verse just before that. And what that's saying is this. In that area of womanhood, in that area of wife, in that area of motherhood, you know what kind of heart she has? She has the heart of a servant. That's what he's saying. You know what Jesus said about the heart of a servant in Matthew, the 23rd chapter, about verse 11? He that would be greatest among you, let him be your servant. That's what this is saying. This woman, she has that kind of heart. Fourthly, I'm going to read to you from a few verses. 
from 13, 15, you can follow along. I won't read the entire thing, but bits and pieces so we can see what he is saying. Proverbs 31 at verse 13. <clears throat> she seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. Verse 15. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household. Verse 20. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. Verse 21. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. Verse 24. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. Verse 26. She opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. Can you see what he's saying? Did you happen to notice any words in there that talked about her hair? Her skin, her figure. Any of those outward appearances? Every one of those talks about inner qualities. And what she thinks about her husband, what she thinks about her home, what she thinks about her family, what she thinks about the community and how she reaches out to help them. And her mouth, it's words of kindness. She wants to encourage. She doesn't want to tear down. And in verse 15, it says, She also rises while it is yet night. Does that just mean she gets up early just to be getting up early? <laughs> you know what the writer of Proverbs is saying is? When it says she rises early, what he's saying is, this is the first priority. Because in the rest of this proverb, you notice that she is industrious and that she is actually involved and actively involved outside the home. But her first priority is the home. Can we see that? Oh yeah, she's working outside. And so sometimes, and back in years gone by, <laughs> I'm old enough to remember these lessons. Can't have them women working outside the home. <laughs> remember that? <laughs> but then they read Proverbs 31. It's like, mm, that must be part of the Old Testament. Well, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> no, what he's doing is setting the priority. Can a woman work outside the home? Yeah. But you know what numero uno is? <laughs> it's at home. And if you have to sacrifice something, sacrifice that for this. That's what he's saying. She knows this is my priority. Sixthly, her children rise up and call her blessed. You know what? Because she recognizes her children as a sacred trust from God. 
Children are a gift of the Lord. Entrusted to us. Entrusted to her. And they rise up. And they praise her. And they call her blessed. You know what that's like? Raising kids is kind of like raising crops. There's a lot that goes into planting. There's a lot that goes into tilling. There's a lot that goes into tending. But eventually, there's a harvest. Someone mentioned to me this week, isn't it strange? You put all these work into kids, and then they leave you. (laughs) Isn't that something? But you know what stays behind? Praise. They're praised for you. So, the harvest is not to have your kids live under your roof all their life. (laughs) The harvest is that they're able to go out on their own. And they recognize you as the one who gave them confidence and skills and abilities and encouragement. And they can do that. That's the harvest. And then seventhly. Verse 31. Give her the fruit of her hands. And let her own works praise her. In the gates. Society. Feminist movement. If you're really wanting to be counted worthy, you need to have a career, a job, profession outside the home. And I'm not saying that's wrong. But the writer is saying, this woman, and the way she orders her life, and her house, and the priority, let that praise her. And let that be done in the gates. Let that be done openly. And praise them for that. Is what he is suggesting. Each one of these verses. Is from that Hebrew poem. Each verse begins with a letter from the Hebrew alphabet. And what the writer is suggesting is is that her character, these qualities, run the full gambit, is what it said. Woman, wife, mother, industrious, covers it all. But it sets it in order, the way God designed it. And that's what he's saying. And that woman... She should be praised. She should be praised in the gates. Openly. Publicly. Let it be known. She's worthy of it. Her worth is above rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her. In her heart, she's a servant. In her life, she's godly in all areas. Her home is her highest priority. 
Her children are a sacred trust from God. And her life's work will bring her praise. Wow. <laughs> wow. Industrious and hardworking, an excellent wife, an amazing mom and a homemaker. She is generous and considerate. Her husband, father of her children, sits in the gates. It's all good. She's all good. Ladies, you got it? Now get it. <laughs> and then you say, uh, that's a guy. <laughs> Talking about women's roles. So, let's keep it real. Proverbs 31 and verse 30. Charm is deceitful. And beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. A woman who fears the Lord. I think even times when women read this, just for themselves, without any man kind of giving commentary, They may scratch their head a little at first and go, wow. And they may say, you know, I respect God. But Lord, I may need a little help here. <laughs> and especially that part about the guy sitting in the gates. <laughs> I need a little insight to that part. And he gives it. One commentator said this. This profile that is given here, this is an ideal. This is a model. It's a particular example of full-scale virtue and wisdom towards which the godly woman should strive. It's a model towards which she should desire to be molded. Does any woman look at this in every respect and say, I got it. <laughs> I'm already there. See, this is kind of like what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 1 where he says, Be imitators of Christ. Be imitators of me as I am also of Christ. And so what Paul is saying in the areas in which I reflect Jesus Christ, you try to reflect Him too. That's something which we strive towards. Philippians, the third chapter, that's what Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind and stretching forward. That's what I strive to. 
Peter said over in 1 Peter chapter 2 and about verse 21 in regards to Jesus Christ, he left us an example that we should follow in his footsteps. Does anybody stand up and go, all right, got it. Just like Christ. They look at me. No. But do we have a perfect model towards which we can be molded? Absolutely. And so that's what the writer was saying. You look at this and you say there's perfection. And then you look at, well, not me, I'm not a woman. <laughs> and you say, but there's reality. There's challenges. And I understand that. And so we talk about women, we talk about wives, we talk about moms. And I don't believe that any of my sisters that just say, oh yeah, I'm already there. But I do believe I have many sisters that strive to be there and can use encouragement to get there. Support. So, being a guy... I thought it might be a good thing to look up some women's views about Proverbs 31. Ladies, think that's a good idea? <laughs> you can shake your head. <laughs> so I'm going to share with you just a couple very quickly. Two different women, their views on Proverbs 31 as they gave consideration to this. Both of them were younger women. The first one was a young married woman thinking that one of these days, her and her husband, they will start a family. And so together with some other ladies that were interested in saying the scriptures, they thought, let's get together and let's study Proverbs 31. It's about women. It's about wives. It's about moms. This will be good. <laughs> and so she said, and I appreciate her honesty, she said, as we started to read, and at first I thought to myself, wow, she sounds amazing. But she said, the longer that I contemplated that, I thought, that is really challenging to be like that. She goes, and then the further that I thought upon that, I thought about this Barbie doll that I had when I was a little girl. And I thought, well, who wouldn't want to be like Barbie? <laughs> we have now discovered God's definition of the spiritual Barbie. <laughs> but she said, then I thought, Barbie had perfect hair. Barbie had this perfect complexion. She had this perfect figure. She had all the perfect clothes. And she had that little car. <laughs> and she said, I also realized I'll never be Barbie. And then she started to think about this woman. And she thought, the longer she thought about it, I don't know if I'll be like her or not. And then she started to reflect upon all her shortcomings. And she said pretty soon she's thinking to herself, This is not really motivating me. It's kind of intimidating me. Look at all this stuff that she does and does it perfectly. She makes quilts. 
Has this woman never heard of Target? She said, at first I idolized her. And then after a while, I wanted to ignore her. And then there was the second woman. This was also a younger woman. And her and her husband had started a family. And she looked at this. And what she said in reflecting upon this, is she said, I soon found out, excuse me, I soon found out that motherhood was truly a discovery period. It was an awakening inside of me. A realization, an awareness of self. And much to my surprise, it was a dichotomy. It was the discovery of two opposing forces within inside of me. She said at first, with the birth of a child, there came feelings of knowing God's blessing and the miracle of a child and giving birth and life. And she realized with that, she would never be the same. From within, she said, there came this part of me or this feeling that I had never known on this level before. She said, I like this person. This person who was really loving and really caring and nurturing and willing to sacrifice. She said, I watched as that part of me emerged. And she said, I was almost amazed. She said, I liked it. But then, she said, there was this other part of me that appeared. This part of me wasn't so attractive. There was this part that could get frazzled when things continued to go wrong and could become impatient and even angry. And I could see this person. And she said, honestly, sometimes I wondered, where did that come from? And at this point, I discovered the challenges of motherhood and how it could reveal the good, the very good. And then the not so good. A biological process creating offspring that it also created an awareness and a personal transformation, a social transformation, and a spiritual revelation. A little person came into my life 
whom I loved more than self. Bringing to the surface and exposing my potential to love, to really love. Love like Christ loves. Exposing me to what it's really like to have that desire to sacrifice self for someone else. But at the same time, it challenged me to grow and to discover what it takes to love like God and what it means, truly means, to love self, to love someone else like Jesus loved. She said it stretched me further than I'd ever been stretched. She said at first motherhood was like a mirror. She saw good and not so good. But secondly, she said, I saw a need for God. She said, suddenly I realized the truth of Romans 7. And when Paul talked about this struggle that goes on inside of me. And his question, who shall deliver me? And his answer, Jesus Christ. I thank God through my Lord Jesus Christ. (laughs) And she said, then, not only did I see need, I saw God. And I saw the way he loves and the way he sacrifices. And I remembered from Isaiah how it speaks about God as a mother nursing her child. And Nehemiah, how God hears when his children cry out. She goes, I could identify. And now, my previous image of self was changed. In a way, it was shattered. But I saw the good, and I saw the weakness, and how it needed to be improved. And it helped me to grow. Now, motherhood is a journey. Now, I see Proverbs 31 as a model and I see me as being molded towards that model now back to the first woman she said after a while when I got to the point whether I don't want to read this anymore (laughs) then she decided no I need to go back it's in God's word I need to investigate this a little further. And what she came to realize was, Proverbs 31 is not a perfect woman checklist. It's a model. And it's a goal to which you aspire. And then the most amazing thing dawned on her. It's verse 1. 
the words of King Lemuel, that's a guy. The utterance, watch it, which his mother taught him. (laughs) Oh, words of wisdom. From a king. And where did he get that wisdom? From his mother. So you know what this is saying? And ladies, listen close. Especially if you have a son. One of these days, that son will be getting old enough to where he will start to look around and say, I got to pick out a girl. And you're going to start say, start... Stop looking at silly girls. <laughs> and their fancy hair and their earrings and their chains. Don't look at that. You know what you need to look at? You need to look at that girl's heart. That's what you need to look at. So moms, when your sons go looking for a mate, you go, hey, come here. I want to show you this. This is what you need to look for. And that's what that's saying. And wouldn't you agree? You want to have someone you have full confidence in? Your heart trusts in? She's one with you? Son, this is who you're looking for. A woman of noble, a woman of noble character. She loves God. She loves her husband. She loves her family. She loves her community. She knows who she is and what she stands for. That's what you're looking for, son. And nowhere in here It doesn't list physical features. Because her beauty, her beauty comes from within. 28 through 31. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. It finally dawned on me. Why does God have men Preach about women. Because she deserves to be praised. That's why. And that's what they say. Praise that kind of woman. That kind of wife. That kind of mother. She deserves praise. And men, this is the point where you can say, 
Amen. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Proverbs 31. Mothers, women, wives. That's what the book of wisdom says about that. And this came from a mother. Isn't that amazing? Send the invitation that in all that are here this morning, if we can help you in any way, make your relationship right with the Lord, let us know while together we stand and while we sing.